the thing that that really excites me about it is is the open nature of it really allows people to focus on what they do well mm-hmm. and not spend a lot of time doing things that they don't do well just to make their stuff work. You're listening to the Design Engineering Podcast, where we explore topics important to Canada's mechanical engineers, product designers, and machine builders. I'm Mike McLeod, editor of Design Engineering Magazine. And in part two of this episode with Bosch Rexroth product manager Alan Tubbs, Alan explores how Control-X Core fits into the company's larger Control-X automation ecosystem, as well as how the controller can serve as a first step towards an IIoT digital transformation. Before that, though... A word from this episode's sponsor, Misumi Electrical Components. With Misumi, you can discover hard-to-find, cost-effective, and high-quality Japanese and local electrical brands that are used across a wide variety of industries, including automotive, food and beverage, warehouse, packaging, and more. Discover everything you need for your machinery to gear up for Industry 4.0 by visiting misumi.info electrical. And now, let's pick up where Alan and I left off from part one. So how do the different... I mean, how dependent are they on each other to get the benefit of the whole thing? If I'm running a plant and I'm I'm and I have this control X core in this function, is it really important to have the drive and the I/O and the the other components that we'll get to, or does it play nicely with everybody? Yeah, the the modularity of it really opens up the the, the physical hardware to be just about anything. So, if you just wanted it to be an HMI, uh, we have partners that create uh, HMI software that run um, basically like web-based HMIs. So they're running a web server on our controller and you just dial into the IP address of our controller and, and display it on a, on a web browser. You know, so th- the same hardware that could be uh, you know, a multiple robot controller could just be an HMI if you wanted it to. You just don't mm-hmm. add the PLC to it and you don't add the motion to it. You just add HMI to it and maybe, you know, OPC UA. So in that case, you take, you know, our hardware, uh, add OPC UA app and the HMI app and you have an HMI system. Um, you could take the same hardware and, you know, start empty and just add the VPN app to it. And then you have, uh, you know, a VPN net, uh, network device to connect your local your local machine network up to a plant network and have have it just be a VPN in between. Again, you know, same piece of hardware, just not running any machine control apps on it. Interesting things you can do. It even gets down to like, if you just wanted uh, to bring IO into the system and not run the PLC and make it like an IOT type device uh, where I'm just collecting IO data and storing it in a database and using visualization, uh, you don't even need the PLC app to do that. Uh, PLC is just for, you know, logic control and writing programming and that sort of thing. Kind of separated it from the I.O. configuration so that you could bring I.O. into the system, but do things with it without the PLC. It's kind of that modularity feature of it that allows you to kind of mix and match all these different components that, you know, used to be part of this giant firmware pack that you you put on a, 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 a single controller. Now you can kind of split it out and just use whatever you need and really make the hardware uh, do whatever it is you want for your application. That's kind of the exciting thing about it. I mean, there are applications for it that you guys might not have thought of. Yeah, one of the uh, the more successful um, first projects that we've had with it is actually using it as, uh, as a controller for a security system. Hmm. So Bosch also makes, uh, outside of Rexroth, Bosch makes uh, security cameras. 
so they paired the security camera up with the controller and their software uh, for like big box stores. If you um, be able to do things like monitor uh, safety situations and I don't, I don't know 100% about exactly what it does, but from what I heard, it, it, it does things like monitor doors and make sure they're not putting things in front of, you know, uh, doors that are supposed to be used for, you know, fire safety escapes and that sort of thing. So, like, immediately, you know, somebody took the controller and used it outside of, of machine control just because of how open it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's an example. There's a ControlX IPC. Is that more... Is that more tailored as sort of an edge computing kind of device to take some of that, uh, some of the data that's coming off the machine and sort of pre-process it to save on bandwidth, or is it is it the same kind of open? You could do lots of things with it, but here's here's what we can see. You know what I mean? What here's here are the preconceived notions, but you could do lots of things with it. I mean, yeah, where, yeah. where does it fit next to the core? I guess. Right. So there's a couple. Uh couple things that are still on the on the design board um, oh, okay. that would that would kind of run as a, as a as an IPC so uh, one of them is you know running the core alongside windows on the same box so you know some things you might want to run on windows you know just depending on the software or how easy it is to install and that sort of thing so there was a you know kind of running uh, a dual control on one box idea uh, the other reason is just to make use of uh, the processor that's available. So you might want an upgraded uh, processor. Uh, the one we have now is a, a quad core. I can't remember how many hertz it is, but um, a quad core processor. But the next one uh, that we'll be releasing is like an i7 processor. So we, <clears throat> we st- we'll still have like graduated tiers of hardware from Rexroth um, sure. that you can buy, you know, again, depending on how many you know, different features and apps you want to run, you know, for your, your application. And then the, the final piece that we'll touch on, unless there's something else that I've forgotten is the, I think it's the control X device portal. It sounded a little bit like SCADA, but is it more of a, is it more of an IT function of just keeping all of the different, say, if you had multiple control X cores, keeping them all sort of standardized. And I, I, I get a little confused as to what the, what function it plays in the, in the overall yeah 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 that's that's understandable uh, the the device portal we often market it along with other services just to start with the device portal itself that's basically just a way to connect um to the device from a central uh cloud solution so you can think of it like a fleet management type system uh say an oem has uh 50 machines out in the field and they want to sell you know different services to their end users or maybe the end user has, you know, some number of controllers out in the field and they want to be able to uh, manage those remotely. Um, the device portal enables them to do that. So it, what it does is it manages the uh, software um, and the connection to the device. So uh, you kind of set it up as a, um, a device in the, a field device in the device portal. And then you have you know, an authenticated connection from that cloud system back down to the device and you can manage, you know, what people are doing uh, with it based on, you know, user permissions and that sort of thing. Um, But the idea is that, you know, eventually you're going to want to upgrade things or update things like uh, security protocols or uh, app revisions or, you know, maybe something that's uh, a little bit more specific to your application, you know, like programming or feature enhancements or, you know, those sort of things, uh, but you don't want to fly to, 
you know, the physical device to have to install it. So uh, the device portal is, you know, basically a way of, to, you know, virtually update and control your machine controller from a centralized cloud solution. So that connection of the device portal enables us to provide a lot of other services along that connection as well. So, you know, you'll see some other things uh, in ControlX type services where we might provide, you know, types of engineering functions or service and support functions, you know, for customers, you know, because we have that connection to the machine in the field. Gotcha. So there's an ongoing connection between the, between the between an installation and the OEM uh, in in this case Bosch Rexroth it's not you're not selling a piece of hardware and forgetting about it and waiting for a service call down the road you're getting telemetry or have the ability to tap in if that's if it's uh, warranted or somebody calls on you to to do that sure sure and you okay. know it allows you to replace things in the field real easily as well if you have your your software centrally stored and information about that controller centrally stored uh, it's real easy to, you know, say, put a new device in the field, you know, have the maintenance guy there uh, that's on site, plug the thing in, give it an IP address, and then, you know, you connect it up to the device portal, and, and now you have the, the ability to download, you know, whatever uh, information or software needs to be on that device. Gotcha. And then all the devices get the same thing. You don't have to go through and reconfigure each of them individually. Right, right. Gotcha. Yeah. So if you had a, you know, back to the fleet management idea, if you had a fleet of them in the field and you need to update 50, uh, you know, it's, it's one step instead of 50 individual repeats of that one step. So on the programming side for the traditional engineer, like the older engineer who's used to ladder logic and controls engineer who's used to ladder logic and those kinds of languages, those, uh, was it six, 11, 31 kind of Mm -hmm. languages and stuff. All that is there. If they're if they if they can pro- program a PLC, they can probably deal with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's also maybe something that might appeal to a younger engineer. I mean, other kinds of programming languages, C plus plus. I think Python is in there. Yep. Uh, I didn't know what Blockly was until I, I looked it up, but it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like Node. It seems like Node Red or something like that. Sort of more of a a flow programming function yeah, blocks very, are connected uh, to each other and sort of a. It's a very graphical type programming uh, environment. It's actually if you uh, are familiar with Lego Mindstorm, yes, um, or something like that. It's it's a way to teach kids, uh, you know, how to program. Uh, because it's very visual and very simple Um, but you know it easily fits in you know to be able to do very simple things within machine control as well so um but yeah so we wanted to you know not totally abandon uh, plc and ladder logic because it's very useful and i think it always will be very useful um, for sequential you know machine control in our industry Um, so you know we didn't get rid of that and, and we're not trying to get rid of that that's always going to be there uh, but we do see the need and growing need of being able to open up the, you know, possibilities of using other programming languages to do things, to kind of expand the controller to do things outside of just I/O control, um, and even motion control. So uh, you've got this, you know, processor sitting there that uh, essentially becomes an edge device, uh, not just a machine controller. And if you can, you know, deploy other software features to it, then why not? You have you know, the ability to store data and process data right there at the machine. Um, there's no need to, you know, say, waste time um, 
you know, developing communication protocols and, and links to different pieces of software and different pieces of hardware and having to worry about that. Uh, if you open up the, you know, the possibility to use other programming languages and deploy all these other different softwares on the same controller, you've, you've solved a lot of problems and, and saved a lot of time. The app concept, the as you say, it's 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 uh, analogous to a, a cell phone or a smartphone. Mm-hmm. In that, but in addition to that, it seems to me that there's that added extra extraction layer. It allows it allows like the old time guys to get deep down into the code if they want to go to to whatever extent they want. But there's also that it's it's sort of saying mm-hmm. to the user, "You show me what it is you want to do." I'll take that and and write that code if somebody doesn't want to necessarily dig all the way down down to the to the metal. Yeah, and a lot of uh, you know machine builders have proprietary software that they have developed that that won't run on a PLC. You know, like maybe they're con- connecting some kind of sensor or some kind of uh, you know monitoring device or um, you know something that's that's their niche in the market. Uh, that they've written software for, uh, and now they have the ability to connect that directly to the machine control without having to, you know, say standardize on a certain PLC or a certain communication channel or something, because that's all they know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they can take their uh, their software and easily port it into ours, and it opens up uh, a lot of different possibilities for adding things uh, to their system to make it, you know more valuable and add more uh, value to whatever it is they were doing in the first place. So. Is it suitable? Is it the su- suitable kind of product for both a new build? So a new machines coming into the facility and stuff, and we're, we're sort of standardizing on this new control core, but it could it also go into sort of more Brownfield kind of like we're taking out this old PLC and we're setting up a new, uh, you know, control X core in its place. And, it's still, like it can serve in either kind of capacity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, replacing a, a PLC, um, you know, we still run the same Codices engine that we've had for a long time. So that code, you know, there's a, a little bit of work to do with libraries and that sort of thing to port over code. Sure. Um, but it's definitely doable um, in a brownfield type uh, application like that. Um, but there's enough connection there and flexibility there to connect to older controllers too. So if you just needed you know, say your machine's doing just fine with its, you know, 20 year old PLC or whatever, and, and now you need data off of it, or maybe you want to add HMI functionality to it. Um, you know, you can put this right next to it and, and have a, a wide variety of different communication channels to be able to get to that older equipment. So there, there's a way to, you know, kind of keep the, the stuff that's still there and then kind of build the value around and on top of it as needed. Because there is a gateway app as well, isn't there? And like an IIoT gateway kind of functionality, and in- we kind of use uh, Node Red to do that. So that's okay. one of the strengths of Node Red is people have developed lots of palettes within Node Red to communicate to different things. So there's like Modbus uh, palettes that you can use and, and code that you can use. Uh, MQTT is another one. So there's like a, a large you know capability within Node Red to talk to other devices. We have like you know OPC UA app. Uh, to communicate out and that sort of thing. And then, sure, you know, sure. just being open uh, enough to create your own app allows you to pull, you know, any kind of code off of GitHub or something like that. If you needed to talk to like now and Bradley PLC, we have an app that can do that. 
Um, hmm. One of our apps engineers actually recently put that together. He, he just pulled down, you know, uh, some code off of GitHub and uh, it's Python code and, you know, put that together into an app to be able to, again, talk to that data layer. And once it was connected to the data layer, you have access to everything uh, in the system. So it's it's very simple to, you know, if, if, if we haven't created it for you, uh, there's a very simple path for you to be able to, you know, create it for yourself. Controlix Core and the and the ecosystem has been sort of coming out in 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 stages since 2019. But if mm-hmm. I remember correctly, the 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 App Store concept had really sort of had its official launch earlier a couple of months ago. Yeah, so our App Store uh, is still coming online as as far as being a, a fully self serve um, application, uh, at least for you know for our comp customers to order apps, you know, on their own uh, and have it kind of be an automatic process. That's definitely the end goal. We're not quite there yet, but you can go to the app store today and see what apps are available. And what you'll quickly see is there's a lot of Rexroth apps there, but there's an equal number uh, in a growing and, and what will exceed uh, the Rexroth number of apps uh, of third-party partners. Uh, and we call that part ControlX World where we have a partner network that are building those things like that vision system that I described earlier or partnering with uh, Influx to use their database or uh, Grafana to use their visualization software. You know, all these uh, third-party entities uh, can bring their applications to our marketplace and sell them there by creating an app that, that works on the platform. Um, And then they, they can market it and sell it right there on, on the app store as well. That's great. So do you think, that hardware like this or an architecture approach like this is sort of the natural evolutionary. I mean, you've been in, in automation for a long time. Mm-hmm. Is this sort of the natural evolution of what the PLC is going to become? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, like what's valuable about PLCs is the software side of it, like the programming interface, the ability to troubleshoot that program, uh, once it's online and kind of figure out why something isn't working, like, you know, you can go to, if you're, if you're using ladder logic, you can go to that rung of logic and see why it's not completing or, you know, what input is not available to, to turn on the output. Um, there's a lot of value in that, but it's all software based. So if you take that, you know, value out of the proprietary hardware and put it in something that's a lot more open, then it becomes a lot more portable, you know, to different hardwares and kind of eliminates that need to, you know, have that specific piece of hardware on your shelf to replace it. Um, So I think it's just a natural growth of how software is evolving, how processor and memory is becoming much cheaper, operating systems are becoming much more open, which allows you to take that value in the software and deploy it a lot more flexibly, you know, depending on your application. So uh, there's a lot of interesting things, you know, in that concept where, you know, as it as it kind of moves and evolves that, you know, maybe you just pull some random PC off your shelf, whatever it happens to be, and, and your software just installs on it. You don't, you don't have to have a specific part number that you keep on your shelf for 20 years, you know, just in case the one that's running the machine fails. You know, kind of moving towards that concept is, is you know, where I see it going. I think that'll be more valuable to the industry as it does just to make things more flexible and more economical along the way. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, the, the two things that I find sort of exciting about it is one, it's it's not necessarily committing itself to any particular route, like whether OPC UA or MQTT or 
fill in the blank becomes sort of the industry standard. You guys can go the the control X core can go either way, mm-hmm. and and the fact that if somebody is starting a, a digital transformation and are wondering, well, what where do we start? It kind of nat- naturally fits in there because it can fill that it can fill that gateway role. It can you know to legacy kind of stuff. It can be it can expand and improve after the sale. Um, mm-hmm. You know, down the road, I, I we didn't talk about it, but you know, like that that five G part of it or the TSN um, part, uh, you know, and stuff for, but even mm-hmm. things that we don't even know the name of yet and stuff could right. rationally be developed for. And uh, so you're not you're not necessarily having to bet uh, one way or another or take a chance and stuff. Whichever way the industry goes, this the Control X core and and the whole architecture can can fit into that. The thing that that really excites me about it is is the open nature of it really allows people to focus on what they do well mm-hmm. and not spend a lot of time doing things that they don't do well just to make their stuff work, you know. So if you have, if you're a machine controller and you have a very specific process that you are the world expert on, well you can, you know, build that into your software and bring that software to our platform and not have to do a ton of work to make it, you know, operate alongside our machine control. Uh, you don't have to be a field bus expert. You don't have to be an OPC UA expert. You can still use all those features, but it's just a lot easier now. And it really opens a path up to be able to connect to things and allowing, you know, individual customers to really focus on what they're best at and, and pour their value into that. That, you know, that's what we would all hope, right? That people can uh, you know, continue to improve what they do best and and focus on that. How would you say it, it compares to something like, uh, you know, like the Yachta 22 Groove Epic or um, uh, Phoenix Contacts Next PLC or PLC Next? Would you say that there are things that make it stand out versus those if they're in the- um, Yeah, I'm not fully familiar with, with all those product lines. Um, sure. You know, I think, you know, again, the, the ability to bring third-party partners in and building, a, uh, you know, an architecture or, again, that, that platform that's open enough to be able to do that, I think is, is unique. I, I don't know if, if Phoenix and Opto are, are going that route or not. Thinking about uh, the system holistically and, and approaching it from, you know, how your customer is going to look at and what, what your customer is going to be interested in doing. Um, he's not just thinking about, you know, the products that Bosch Rexroth puts out. Uh, usually he's got a lot of other components to integrate maybe hardware, maybe software along the way. And so we really started with that, with the, you know, the customer view of what is he going to be looking for in in an automation platform. And one of the key things that we we think customers appreciate most is the ability to be flexible and and, uh, be open enough to, you know, pull in components that maybe the product wasn't necessarily specifically designed for. And, And that's fine. Like, it's okay from that standpoint, like the platform's flexible enough to handle that. You know, I, I don't know, you know how open the other two systems are that you mentioned, but uh, that's that's kind of why, you know the focus that we've taken in in developing this. Are there is there anything else about the Control X core automation or uh, Control X core or the larger or automation umbrella that we didn't get to that you think is important that I might not have known to ask about? I mean, those are the main ones from you know the the control standpoint. Like I, like I said, we also have full. Full uh, servo drive line that's uh, that goes along with it. Sure. Uh, you know, our our bread and butter, so to speak, or our expertise is in motion control, and so 
you know, we have other uh, aspects to it, like uh, safe motion components, all the servo drives and motors and, and motion components that go with it. You know, we, we didn't talk about those today, but those are definitely, you know, built into the ecosystem and work very well with the control as well. And are they tightly paired to each other or could could one potentially have different drive, different manufacturers drives connected to a yeah, uh, I mean, control you, X core? Yeah, so our uh, our control X drives uh, still talk over EtherCAT to the core. So we have an EtherCAT master. And uh, if you needed to, you know, implement other drives, there, there are paths to do that um, gotcha. on EtherCAT. Um, if you stepped out of, you know, the deterministic field bus realm and we're just talking about, uh, you know, communicating over uh, non-real-time communication channels, then, you know, the world's open to you at that point. This isn't sort of a vendor lock-in kind of a thing, right? No. You know, my, one might think that with the sort of umbrella thing, but just to make sure. Yeah, I mean, there's definite advantages to sure. using all, all Rexroth. We've built things in to make it easier. Of course. Uh, we know our own products and that sort of thing. So the <clears throat> obviously, like the commissioning side of it and the um, configuration side is going to be very tightly put together. Um, but it is open enough to where, you know, if you need to pull in other uh, devices that we don't manufacturer or, or something that we don't do, then we want to make it easy to do that as well. Right. I'm just saying like in that, in those brownfield kinds of um, applications, if somebody mm-hmm. wants to make this journey and stuff, but they don't want to rip out everything and replace it with. Sure. They could. Well, great. Thank you, uh, Alan. I appreciate it. Uh, again, it's been a, I think it's been a good conversation and uh, I appreciate you taking the time with us. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. It was, it was great talking to you. Thank you for joining us for part two of this episode on Bosch Rexroth's ControlX platform. If you enjoyed this conversation, be sure to subscribe to the podcast or check out the podcast tab on our website at design-engineering.com for the latest episodes. And finally, this episode was brought to you by Masumi, your one-stop shop for Industry 4.0 electrical components. Configure your components at masumiusa.com.